0: Live from the Nova Home Loan Studios, it's Cofield and Company.
1: All right, about 60 minutes from Puck Drop. Pivotal Game 5, you heard it. Over 70% of the time, roughly 75% of the time, winner in Game 5 in these series goes on to win the series. The Knights have been playing outstanding hockey. Can they go to Denver and get a win? in one of two games? Hopefully not two games. Get the win tonight. Close it out in game six. Big five time.
0: Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. F***
2: it.
1: Rolling live video right now on uh, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield Nova Home Loan Studios. Angel's helping us out as well. Ari is spinning all the dials back in our Finley Toyota Studios. Are we gonna get a full blown scandal in terms of an investigation with Major League Baseball and these pitching issues? Or are the baseball writers as a collective group gonna do the same thing they did during the steroid era?
3: I mean, it seems Come like Come on, the, let's go. Like let's let's get into
1: this thing. There's something there the allegations are out there, there's something going on that there's a lot of substances that are being used, and maybe that 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 would be the logical reason to explain why strikeouts are through the roof and why averages suck this year, not just launch angle, which always seemed ridiculous to me. Like, something drastically changed, and the mushy balls. Something drastically changed. Remember, it, it really, it's, isn't it almost like it's, like, it's like a mirror image of the late 90s. Oh, juiced baseballs, that's why they're hitting all the home runs. No, they were juiced! It was rampant across the sport. So is this, whatever substance they're using or substances, is it rampant across the sport? Because even within the sport, like, Dave Roberts is like
3: not a big deal. I mean, I think it is going on and clearly there's some pitchers that are kind of admitting to it. And there's some, some writers that are doing some work on it. I don't know that baseball wants to go too deep down the well to, to expose a whole lot of this. exactly, uh, Because like, it doesn't work out for them. It didn't work out for them when they started cracking down on steroids. Like it, it just got, it got ugly. They didn't know what they were doing. There was, like they just, every time they, they turned over one rock, there was a whole new world to explore. Uh, I don't think they want to go too deep down this. I think they want to try to address it without going too over the top on it, but that's going to be tough to do uh, because you have things like Dave Roberts saying, I don't look at that as cheating. Well, there's literally a rule that you can't do it. It's cheating. Right. And and he even, he twisted himself in circles, but like, I think cheating is when you actually violate a rule and like, that's a rule. It's not an unwritten. And we're not. Thing. We're not.
1: We're not doing this thing again where we're hiding behind because right. there's not specifics on certain substances. That doesn't mean, or that that means you're not breaking a rule. Yeah. Like let's not. When people still use that crap with steroids and and all the other stuff they were using.
3: But I will also say, I don't think it's it's all substances. I don't think that's why strikeouts are where they are, um, and in different and runs and that sort of thing too. Like I mean, I do think the balls are mushy. Yeah, I was told before the season. Uh, that, hey, runs are going to be weighed out. I didn't buy it uh, because I I just thought, well, it's just another, you know, conspiracy theory or whatever's going on. But it, it does seem that way. And strikeouts, I, I mean, I do feel like a lot of players are going, you know, trying to hit more home runs. How about, how about the players
1: police themselves? Like Josh Donaldson called. He outright called out Garrett Cole. Yeah. Like he's doing something. And, 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 not... and, and Boone said, I don't make much of it.
3: I didn't get to see the, the Garrett Cole. It looked like people were posting Garrett Cole, like response tonight on Twitter. Uh, it didn't it sounds like he wasn't denying it necessarily um but maybe not admitting to it either i, I don't know I, I think there's a lot of the, there's a lot of this going on that's clear from the stories that have come out now uh and it's clear that players believe that it's happening how far they're going to go and how much they're going to investigate i i don't know like i said i don't i don't think they want to go down that hole i think they're hoping and praying that and as you said players time. like offensive players will call out the pitchers on their own team and say hey you got to stop doing it so they'll stop doing it and then we can figure it out that way. Maybe I mean, they will because it only benefits, you know, one half of the
1: combination uh, between the pitchers and hitters. And yeah. with steroids, it was benefiting everybody. Because anyone who thinks that during the height of the steroid scandal that there weren't lots of pitchers using, you're insane. Because there there were. I've, I found or I find one of the things that's interesting, uh, there's something called spider tack, right? Which could be part of this, uh, you know, grip enhancing deal. And I think it was The Athletic did a story talking to... Oh, no, it was actually... It was credited... Or, I'm sorry, created by a former World Strongman. Okay. Because the spider attack, I think, is one of the... I mean, they're using grip stuff all the time because they'll die if they don't, right? They drop stuff. Right. But one of the events you would use the the spider attack in to get the extra grip are the Atlas Stones. You know what (laughs) the Atlas Stones are? Right. Just the giant boulders? Yep, the giant, like balls where you're picking them up you got to walk them across and then like lift them up to different heights imagine what you know dropping one of those things without like tackle over your hands what full lester hayes were they using it on the refrigerators that they're, that they're
3: well, they carrying? didn't do it with
1: franco colombo because <laughs> you love that story yeah he dropped it his, his leg bent the wrong way and he folded underneath the freaking refrigerator i mean so you can see why we'll let them cheat to make sure they don't kill themselves by having a good grip on stuff
3: well, it's also you you mess with the bull you get the horns.
1: Or a, a fridge was aggressive <laughs> right. I mean I've always thought I've always thought pulling the truck by walking backwards is a little bit risky too like pulling it in your teeth
3: seems like less you than fall I do. down
1: I'm you know who wants a freaking semi coming your way yeah that's when you don't want to stick them all over your back
3: probably not no. or your
1: arms you want no. to be able to get up and run
3: uh yeah I think that would be the best
1: scenario for you there. but I wonder like who in baseball was like they're watching you know, or Magnus or Magnuson or whatever his name was, uh, you know, and they're like, eh, how are they holding on to the Atlas Stone?
3: That'd be good for a baseball. Sure. By the way, uh, I will also, on a, on a random side note, my cousins up in the Bay Area just had a baby named it Magnus. Oh, really? And all I can think about is strong- Strongman, man. yeah. Like the kid's going to be they... pulling refrigerators by three years old. It's going to be like Bam Bam uh, from the Flintstones. Please
1: get some pictures. Are they both pretty big people? They have a chance? No.
3: I mean, they're both, they're both like, Genius scientist Oh, really? But maybe Magnus comes through.
1: I told, I told you. I think Von Tobel's got a chance with his kid. I think his kid could be a strong man. I, I'm targeting his kid at 5'11", 340 I think that, John's, a, John's a lot bigger than I realized. Um, he put on a little weight recently. Yeah, and he I mean, mentioned his weight to me, and I was like, "Whoa, pandemic, really? Pandemic? Weight. Like you carry that pretty well." He's actually a bigger guy than I thought he was. So his kid has a, his wife's little. That's so that was. A, She's very little. Yeah. So he's
3: well, like I said, 5'11", 340. But the kid, you saw you, you saw, or you heard from him that the kid wants to play basketball so John will pay attention to him, right? That's that's awful. You know <laughs> what?
1: Get him. He told the story last year, uh, you know, where the kid was uh, in bed and his wife was feeding the kid ravioli. Keep doing that. You got to put weight on this kid. We need a strong man in the Cofield and Company circle. I think Magnus is our better. We Be are friend. Our it's player. National Best Friends Day. Uh, let's Let's have a kid in the group here. That can be something we
3: idolize, a like squatty strongman. My, my cousin Magnus. That's our hope. Number four.
1: I'm not doing this. You do this. I'm not doing this because I get worked up, I get excited, and then I'm let down. And it's been like 35 years of letdowns. So
3: you go ahead and do it, and I'm not. Rea- I'm not reacting at all. Well, I'm not. I'm not getting excited yet mm. because it's only 12, not 16, that I want. But the momentum is building to expand from four to 12 for the college football playoff. There's two big meetings coming up in the next couple of weeks. Well, really two months, uh, but there's going to be there's been a working committee that has been kind of formulating ideas uh, for the last you know year and a half. They are ready to present to a smaller committee. Uh, their their findings and what they believe uh, should be done with the playoff. And then that committee will have a week to kind of get their thoughts together and present it to the larger committee uh, for what they think they should do. And a lot of the talk going into this smaller committee, which is July 17th and 18th in Chicago, which is going to give the final recommendation after hearing the, the findings is that 12 teams is the way to go and that they think they're going to do this. Uh, the the small committee, the management committee, four members, uh, SEC's Greg Sankey, which I'm sure he'll be like, yeah, 12 teams, perfect. We'll get eight. <laughs> let's, have, let's have five SEC so he's in. teams in. Uh, Big 12 commissioner Bob Bowlesby, Notre Dame athletic director Jack Swarbrick, who I'm sure will say, oh, 12, can we get one automatic every year? Notre Dame in every year for this 12 team. Lovely. Committee, that's great. And then the fourth member, Craig Thompson. Woo.
1: Well, like I said, I'm not commenting. I'm, I'm not getting excited about it, and that reduces some of my excitement. <laughs> Number three. Maybe it's 12, but I'm not talking about it now until we're closer. We're getting closer. Not going to happen. Bobby Kraft, 80th birthday gets a Bentley from Meek Mill, Michael Rubin, the owner of the Sixers, Jay-Z. Are we sure it was for his birthday or best friend day? Could be for best friend day. They seem you, pretty
3: tight. Do you give gifts for best friends? Then? I mean,
1: Kraft did do Meek Mill a solid. He stood up for Meek Mill when, uh, you know, most, uh, it was kind of hard to find a
3: white who would, it's true. especially a rich NFL white. It's true. That, that you get a Bentley for that? Maybe. I need better friends.
1: I mean, I was—I don't want to, you know, give it away, but I was going to get you a, a second mini waffle maker for the holidays. Okay. Well, that's nice, solid, right? I'll take that over maybe the place. seventh pair of headsets I've gotten you over the years. Okay. But nice. you're right; it's not a Bentley.
3: Sorry. That's fine. Uh, it seems like an excessive gift for a zillionaire. Yes. Yeah, I mean, can we give a Bentley to somebody that's never going to have a Bentley? give him give him the mini waffle maker because he's already got like seven Bentleys
1: they gave him a Bentley at his 43 million dollar
3: home in the Hamptons this is a whole different world these people are living in it seems like excessive now my first thought of course and you're not going to be surprised by this this doesn't be pretty consistent would be oh great these these guys just give me a Bentley. What on earth do I have to buy them? That's a good point. I forgot about your <laughs> your reciprocal gift fear. Yeah. What do I have to get them now? Because as we talked about this earlier. It's not like they just bought a Bentley. Like They didn't buy a standard Bentley off the lot. Nah. They bought an impossible to find Bentley. Got it. It's pretty, though. What a blue. I'm colorblind. It's fine. Lovely. It's fine. It's a great color. It's nice. But but now if you, you get a hard to find Bentley for your birthday, yeah. and it's multiple people. That, so is kind of, that is kind of this cool. Is where, this is where you really go. Now he's got to
1: get another uh, another fellow billionaire, the owner of the Sixers, a gift, Meek Mill and Jay-Z. Right.
3: So now it's three different people who chipped in for this. That's great. So now I've got to get three different gifts on their birthdays. Now i got to find out when their birthdays are. Mommy, and are to start planning.
1: Ari Emanuel got him a, a gift, and it was just a dog. So you don't have to get much back. The dog was like a $500,000 dog. But knowing these people, I don't know. What if the dog sucks? Ooh.
3: Always possible. It's like a defective dog. Mm-hmm. Just, just Runs around and it's not potty trained and it just uh, bites everybody. Just sick
1: all the time. Yeah. Constant be, trips to
3: the vet. It would be terrible. So maybe you wouldn't have to buy him anything. Uh, I also, do you make the case? Do you, do you go to Meek Mill and you're like, thanks, we're even already? Like, uh, I'm not getting you anything? <laughs> I got you out of jail.
1: You just cut to the chase, like, like, I mean, I really did. I, you know, I was part of what got you out of jail, and we got this judge booted forever. I get a Bentley. This lady was a giant pain in the ass who kept getting you.
3: Yeah, I get a Bentley. You get freedom. That's uh, fair.
1: I don't see Kraft doing that. I, I mean, if I were Meek Mo, I would come over the top and be like, "How many times did you try to get me to go to the massage parlor <laughs> in Florida?" And I haven't said anything about that. So,
3: no, you owe me still. It's 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 two one. What would what, what if? What if, like, for Jay Z, he gets him like a like a season pass to the massage parlor? Okay,
1: I think we played out the gift massage certificate. Parlor. Top two stories. Number two. Gift, yes, gift card. Yes. <laughs>
3: gift card to a massage Uncle, parlor. Uncle Uncle Pecos in the,
1: uh, in the uh, in the chat weird. chat room on the video <laughs> just said he got him just like a split second before you did. So <laughs> I promise you, Adam didn't steal that one from you. The, good point there. Uh, what is it with Bruce Cassidy? We're gonna whine and cry. We're gonna go Phil Jackson here. What's going on? I thought the NBA was the the league that pitched and moaned and flopped in reaction to calls and trying to buy calls. What's going on in All the sports. NHL now?
3: All sports, of course. So it goes. Yes. Um, so, Bruins coach, mad. Bruce Cassidy thinks that the that the not necessarily the calls that have gone against the Bruins, but that no calls have gone against the Islanders. That they're not calling penalties on the Islanders. Now his philosophy or his theory is that the Islanders have a choir boy reputation and this great image around the league because it's you know it's Barry Trots and a bunch of nice guys and everybody loves Barry and all the all the nice guys that are on the team and they're just not going to call penalties because everybody likes them so much and he referred to them as the New York Saints which is like I mean it's somewhat clever I I suppose it's not great but it gets the point across
1: uh, it's Boston, New York, so it's always fun. Sure, I guess the Islanders do count as New York. Oh yeah, they very much do.
3: Yeah, for sure.
1: I would say of all the outlier teams, like the second teams. Now nah, the Mets are ahead of the Islanders. Well, but the are, Islanders were very—I mean, they were very good for a long time.
3: Who are you counting the uh, the outlier between the Jets and Giants? Jets. Okay.
1: Jets are. I mean, Jets are pretty big. It's 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 more of a younger scumbag crowd. Myself included. Yeah. Like the Blue Bloods, you know, the the six generations passing down tickets to each other are the Giants fans. There are dirtbags in amongst the Giants fans, too. Because
3: the other sports, it's clear. Like Adam Knicks, Katie. Knicks over Nets. because Nets just got there in are Brooklyn. Yeah. And yeah. Rangers, of course, over Islanders, over Islanders. Islanders and Devils. Devils are not even eh, new tricks. Um, so, yeah. Only it, only, it,
1: only a, yeah, pretty great franchise for like 20 plus years.
3: And Yankees, Mets. Mets. Obvious no well i mean
1: the yankees are above the mets but the mets have a, a very passionate following very much like the jets except the jets have been more of a losing franchise than the mets at least the mets have their glory era in the mid-80s no mets fans are crazy i mean
3: i think i think new york While while man i guess i, I probably underestimate the rivalry because i know that there is a pretty passionate rivalry uh but i was gonna say while we said knicks fans won't start cheering for the nets Will Rangers fans start cheering for Islanders. No,
1: no, I don't think so. I mean, if you're if you're my age, you and you're a Rangers fan, you hated the Islanders because the Islanders fans were really obnoxious. Top story number one. All right, you're covering the Avs side. You know, you always choose to cover the opposition because yep. you really don't like the hometown teams. Uh, Bednar's going to do what? Do we have anything more cement, uh, more concrete?
3: No, he had a lot of guys. For. How do how
1: do that how? So what 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 is VGK looking at tonight
3: in terms of the Avs effort to get the McKinnon line? Free. Well, they get last change, which which is big. They get that back. Didn't really matter too much in game two, but I think uh I think the Avalanche have figured out a little bit more of the patterns that the Golden Knights will go with, so it'll help them to have last change and get who he wants out there. I, I know that he did try to mix up the line a little bit. You know, he's got the three superstars on one line, which is how they played much of the year and much of the last couple of years. Um, I think he might try to mix it up a little as he did in game three, uh, which is just kind of spread out some of that, you know. Uh, some of that talent and make the Knights defend multiple lines. uh, He might do that, but I think they start with their original top line. They just try to get them out there against more favorable opportunities. Uh, Like, like we've been talking about the last couple of days, that line has disappeared for the most part, but when they've the few occasions they were able to get them out there against the VGK third line, uh, that that avalanche line was dominant. Uh, So I don't think the Knights want to see that much tonight. Uh, if they do throw that line out there for like a face-off, I would imagine that the Avalanche are like, oh, let's go and get out and get their guys out there as quickly as possible. Uh, so watch for that matchup to happen. Um, but I, I don't know. I think they stick with their line for as long as it's going OK. Uh, the Avalanche have kind of, you know, been hinting at least that they just intend to come out like insane like they did in game one. Uh, and that their their plan is to just put everything into that first first period and see if the Knights can weather the storm up in Colorado. So I'd assume you get that line together and see if they can generate something early. But it it's going to be on them. Like, yes, you want scoring from all your lines. Yes, you want depth scoring. Yes, you want chances and you want, you know, offensive zone time from all of your lines. But, like, those guys are has, are what has carried this team to where they are, being the best team in the league. If they don't show up and they don't create chances and they don't, you know, make life miserable for uh, the Knights defense, then Colorado's in a lot of trouble.
0: It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Now, back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas.
3: Gut feeling on Jan Mark? I think no. Just just completely just gut feeling. There's nothing there. And that's all we have. Yeah, I'm just saying, I, like a lot of very often uh, with the Knights, like you don't get information as we know, but you'll see somebody on the ice and then they'll be ready for the next game. But you never know. I think they probably wanted to see how he looked, uh, how he felt, especially afterwards. That's the big one. Uh, skate around, see how he feel after. And uh, we'll find out soon. Uh, actually, we should find out any minute as uh, warm-ups are 30 minutes out. and We're about 30 minutes out right now. DeBoer finally said Pacioretty's 100%. <laughs> Once they're back. They have to be back for like three games. He'll,
1: he'll give you the indication that uh, he's 100% now. No longer day-to-day. Why has he made such a difference?
3: I, I just think it's more, first of all, settling into their lines. I mean, he's a goal scorer. I mean, he scored three which times which already. They since were desperate back. before. Uh, they'd they, were, they needed that for sure. Uh, but I mean, it, it just it not only you know gets his line back to where they're comfortable and they've been playing all year and not that you know when you move guys around and you throw like in you know an Alex tuck up there or whoever you're gonna throw up there on that line, they're definitely explosive and they're good, but just maybe not that same comfort level. Uh, but what it really does is strengthens that line and then go when you go back to the third line and look around and say, okay, now the third line is really uh, potent and good again. Uh, now you've got all the lines kind of working together and we know that even when you're not scoring, If you look at like the third line and the fourth line, they don't necessarily have to generate offense to impact the offense. They can continue to put pressure on the other team and wear them down for the top two lines to then create their offense. So I think uh, that's where you see the the biggest impact of strengthening all the lines, making all the lines better. And, and, Making sure that death comes into play for the Golden Knights.
1: Game's coming up at six o'clock. You can hear it over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. That's thirteen forty a.m. and ninety-eight nine FM. That's where you're gonna find all your best hockey talk every day. That's our hockey station, led by, a Ryan, the hockey guy, who's out live tonight as he's watching the game. You can watch with him at the Cannery as he's doing the Insider Show right now. The pregame, he'll do the post, the intermissions. He's out at the Cannery. They've got great happy hour specials there. It's at the uh, Victory Bar and Grill. Go hang out with Ryan the Hockey Guy. Watch the game tonight. A great spot at the Cannery is uh, Boyd Gaming. Thank you so much, the official uh, partner for the playoffs with Lotus Broadcasting during these NHL
0: playoffs and this VGK run. Cofield got his mortgage tuned up. You should too. Call 877-700-NOVA now to lower your interest rate and lower your payments.
3: The second stuff of the fight. I said Bucks in six before the series started. I'm keeping it Bucks in six. Steve Nash is
4: exactly right. They are desperate for James Harden to return. Durant pulls it back for the jumpers. Yes, and Durant is so good, so talented right there. James Harden is the engine, the oil. He is what makes this team truly go as far as it has continued to go.
0: Shopping it up on a Tuesday. It's Cofield and Company at the Nova Home Loan Studio. Marv on the
1: call. A man in Lacho with the prediction of Bucks in six. That was uh, from a couple of days ago as he was extolling the uh, virtues of James Harden. Kind of writing off the Nets, but uh, the Nets have plenty of stars around. And Katie's freaking awesome. He went nuts last night. Uh, Giannis couldn't defend him. A lot of storylines in this one, like, are the Bucks done? Howard Beck has covered the NBA for a long time. SI, the crossover pod, and SiriusXM. NBA, Howard, how are you? It's Steve Cofield in Vegas.
2: Hey, guys. Good evening.
1: Hey, before we get into the Bucks angles, because there's a bunch on the net side as well, are you surprised by the uh, the Sixers' start out here? It's like, all right, let's send the message. Let's blow the Hawks off the floor. The Hawks are right back in it.
2: Well, the Hawks are really good. No. Um, you know, it, it's rare for a four or five, you know, they came out of the five slot, obviously, but that four or five, you know, winner takes on the one every year. And, you know, it's, it's just as it's very, very rare for an eight or seven to upset of the, the top seeds. I, I don't think it's too often that we get a really strong four or five, you know, taking on the one, but the Hawks had a really weird season. Um, and I think people are underestimating them because of how new and, and young they are. This is a team just built over the last, you know, three, four drafts primarily. They added a bunch of veterans in the off season, And they had expectations because of the talent, but, you know, they were young and some development was necessary. And then they got off to a really rough start at the, at the beginning of the season. Injuries had a lot to do with that. Bogdanovich was just a stud and is playing off, out of his mind for them in this series or in this postseason. He missed, you know, the first whatever it was, you know, couple months. And so, and Gallinari missed a bunch of time at the beginning. So, you know, they made the coaching change. They're better than what their record suggested. And I think they had maybe the, was, I'm going to miss this, it was, it, was, it was like the third best record or something. It was, they had one of the best records since maybe the All-Star break. And it was, you know, the combination of getting healthy, maybe the coaching change helped, whatever it was, everything fell into place. And so this is a team that is much better than its record and its spot in standings suggested. But, again, experience in the NBA playoffs matters. And, and so, you know, it's still surprising to see them yeah. being this uh, potent against the Sixers.
1: So experience matters. Uh, they're on the ascent. The Bucks are supposed to be here. So what have you seen in these first two games, and especially last night from the Milwaukee Bucks?
2: I don't know how to explain it, to be honest. I mean, yes, the Nets are great, but the Nets are without – one of their big three, and <laughs> yeah. if you had just, if, if the Nets had never made the Harden trade, and it had just been Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and some really good role players, right? You know, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, who they shipped out in the trade, Karis LeVert, who they shipped out in the trade, they had a really solid team, but they thought, to win a championship, we need a big three. Well, they got Harden, he's not playing right now, and they're just absolutely humiliating the Bucks anyway, and I, I don't know what to make of it, because I don't I don't quite think it makes sense to be honest. <laughs> like, like I, I, we all understood the Nets were going to be offensively potent. There were questions about their defense, and right now those questions seem moot because the Bucks don't seem to be able to score very well on them. And I don't know how much of that to credit to Brooklyn or how much of that to just blame the Bucks for for misfiring or game plan um, or for Giannis still not having really developed more of. A mid-range game and in a deep shot. Um, are they really that one-dimensional? Is, is, is that offense really that limited? Um, are they really missing Dante DiVincenzo that much? I, I, I something seems amiss. Um, they should not be getting the doors just blown off. I suspect this will still become a series. Um, if there's one thing that, that covering the league has taught me over all these years, it's that every game takes on its own life. And a team can can blow out, you know, can can be the, the, the victim of a blowout one night, and and be blown out the other team the next time. Every every game takes on its own personality, and getting to Milwaukee might help all that stuff. So I'm not writing it off just yet. But man, that, that that's alarming if you're the Bucks.
1: Yeah, in uh, Vegas betting, we uh, kind of live around the NBA with the uh, zigzag philosophy that everything's going to change and go back and forth. But I will I will say this: uh, the Nets offensive numbers right now are insane and it's not just in this series are they 50 44 and 91 I mean that's that magic number for like the best of the best offensive players aren't they 50 44 91 as a team in the postseason yeah yeah I believe I mean, that's,
2: that's I crazy believe that is the case it, yep. It's it's it, yeah it, it doesn't even make sense it's it's just it's just silly um but that's what they're doing uh I don't I don't, I don't suppose those percentages will hold up over the course of no. the series, um, but uh, even through two games, it's astounding. A lot
1: of people were melting down over Giannis's reaction after the game, and I, I just think it's his personality, but he was kind of throwing his hands up, like, hey, Durant's going to score. We'll have to find a way to, to slow him down. And like Stephen A. was going crazy today saying, you have to slow him down. You have to slow him down. Tell us about Giannis from a personality standpoint. Like, we're not – He's not going to be, like, aggressive alpha guy in the media,
2: is he? No. And, you know, look, I think if there's anything we've learned about him in his whatever it's been, you know, six or so years in the league, like, this is a guy who is intensely competitive, really serious about his craft, who has built himself into an MVP, two-time MVP at that. And I don't think anybody questions his commitment his intensity any of that but when he speaks when he talks about the game he doesn't speak in you know united states exactly. alpha dog macho kind right. of, yeah. of, of 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 vocabulary that's just not him he was you know he came up differently and i think that that throws people sometimes i think we want everybody to 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 talk and act in this league, like Michael Jordan or like Kobe Bryant or like Allen Iverson, where everything is about I'm a killer, everything is about I'm gonna rip your throat out, and if and you you never praise the opposition unless you absolutely have to, and you never say, gee, I just can't stop that guy. Like it's we don't you know we don't want that kind of honesty. Um, but he didn't come up that way. He's he's different. But I don't think that what he says should get anybody confused about what he's about. Um, Giannis cares a lot. I know that for certain. Um, he didn't get this far uh, without that. That you know, um, without that. So I, I wasn't aware that people were having that reaction, but it doesn't surprise me. People react to the extremes about just about everything uh, from day to day. They need to fill space
1: yes of course and we need to start we need to yell about something every day especially on sports radio and talking head tv all right uh the west uh series between the jazz and the Clippers starts tonight uh jazz are slight favorites here actually most of the betting has been on the clippers jazz are minus 130 should the clippers be favored in this one yes
2: (laughs) okay (laughs) i mean no disrespect to the jazz who have had a fantastic season but as we've seen in this league, notably with the bucks the last couple of years um her, your regular season dominance does not always indicate postseason dominance, and it's not that I don't believe the Jazz's record or their stats or their success or anything about what they did this season. It was an incredible season, but star power wins in this league, and though it doesn't always work, most of the time you can kind of figure the the, the winner of a series by who's got the best player in the series or players, and you know. Uh, you're, Kawhi Leonard in that last series against Dallas, especially from in the, once they started rallying back from from being down 0-2, Kawhi Leonard has played like an MVP again. Kawhi Leonard has played like a guy who was in the discussion for best player in the league. You know, in the in the event that LeBron James was you know not in the league or when he was hurt or something, um, Kawhi is in that tier of guys who are challenging for that right. And we've seen that again lately. The Jazz don't have that, and the Jazz have to stop that. And they got to contend with Paul George as well. Donovan Mitchell's really good, but he's not at that level yet. And, you know, so I look at the Jazz and I think, well, you know, is, is, it, is it Joe Ingles or Royce O'Neill or Boyan Bogdanovich? Like, which of these guys is, is dealing with Kawhi? And they have a great team defense. And Rudy Gobert is going to be Defensive Player of the Year again. But Rudy Gobert is not stopping Kawhi Leonard. He may deter him from going to the basket at times, but Kawhi Leonard's got a great mid-range game. So, you know, to me, the way that the Clippers were playing maybe over the course of the season or at times in the first round, you might question them. The way they've looked over the last, you know, three, four games of of that prior series, they look like the team that's built around two superstars with a, a, a fairly solid supporting cast and that has always had title contention somewhere in their, in their, you know, in their DNA, like they, they were, you know, from the moment they got those two guys, we thought that's what they would be, but they flamed out last year in the bubble. I know, I think, kind of, soured people made people suspicious of them. But Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are a really good one through punch, and I think they're going to win the series.
1: Yeah, a lot of folks said uh, last year there may have been a lack of buy-in from the rest of the guys on the Clippers. Do you think that was a situation with the Lakers this year because? LeBron and AD were out so long do you think uh, other dudes just just didn't buy into the level they needed to?
2: Uh I don't know if it's about buy-in. I think there were there was some role confusion, you know, you sign Marcus Gasol, All right. you sign Montrezl Harold, they both want major roles and then you bring in Andre Drummond mid-season and you promised him the starting job. Like mm-hmm. you're going to create some some um, some bruised egos and some confusion. When you do that, Dennis Schroeder, of course, came in wanting to start. But I think while we could all pick apart the supporting cast and, and say where they fell short or whether they could have done better or uh, you know, in the offseason or whatever, this is really fairly simple. Like LeBron was still playing hobbled after that high ankle sprain during the regular season, was never fully himself, and Anthony Davis was completely banged up and not himself. And if those two are just healthy – they probably win that series. And again, no disrespect to the Suns, needless to say. Uh, they won it. They won it legitimately. But I every, everybody said all season, if LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy, they're still the favorites. If LeBron and Anthony Davis are still healthy, like how many times did everybody in the world say that? For good reason. Well they weren't. Neither of them. <laughs> so to to make it now about Dennis Schroeder or Andre Drummond, like it's fair to, to critique what those guys where those guys fell short but I think the, the, the you know, we're, we're losing the headline for you know the subheads. The, the the main headline is still Lakers lose because LeBron and Anthony Davis weren't healthy.
1: Howard, back with us. Let's close on this. I expect some movement. There's going to be some guys changing teams. Uh, you know, some of the big boy teams are going to try to get better. What happens to Dame Lillard? I
2: don't think he's going anywhere. Now, um, Dame Lillard. Told Yahoo Sports a few days ago, I want Jason Kidd to be the coach, which then led to Jason Kidd saying, I'm, I'm not going to be the coach. Um, but Damian Lillard is not publicly declaring his preference on coaches if he's playing to demand a trade. And if he's not playing to demand a trade, then the Trailblazers are not trading him. Like, you are not just proactively trading Damian Lillard. That's just not happening. That's your franchise player face of the franchise he sells tickets he excites the crowd he's one of the best players in the game he's one of the most exciting players in the game he he's you if you do everything possible to make sure he retires as a trailblazer and so if he comes to you and says i want out you honor that but that hasn't happened and as i say when he starts talking publicly about what coach he wants it's pretty clear that that's because he plans to stay So, no, I don't see Damian Lillard being traded at least this season.
1: Howard, that was a great spot. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. There he is, Howard back. SI, the crossover pod, and also does really good work for uh, SiriusXM NBA. We'll get you some score updates around uh, the association, also that Stephen A. explosion, and we've got some of the uh, Golden Knight uh, line information
0: here. Jan Mark is out there. He's out there. Jan Mark is back want more cofield and company the guys are back with their late night pod tonight at 10 30 watch at steve cofield on twitter or on youtube cofield and company presents grab bag
3: don't touch it don't even look at
0: it only on espn las vegas Vegas.
1: stick your hand in there dude Tampa is up on Carolina 2-0. That's seven minutes left in the third. Tampa with a chance to uh, close out the series. Stick your hand in there, Dave. NBA at the break. Amazing. 57-55. Atlanta was getting destroyed at the beginning of the game. Philly leads by two at the half. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Stephen A. Smith this morning, man. He was on fire uh, but before he laid into Giannis and this was epic stuff, he flipped out uh, about Giannis, he I don't know what was going on. He was pissed off at Max because Max was actually daring to challenge him and it got real ugly.
4: Say, Quote, did you not I, say it was, I don't think they're getting not, out of the East? Did that you part. not say they are not coming out of the East? Without James okay. Harden, okay. Let, let's say I did. I didn't, but let's say I did. Okay, didn't. okay. Thank you very okay. much. Thank you Thank very you. much. I, I'm just saying. I, I didn't. I, said uh, I don't uh, think they were. Okay, it. okay. That's, fine. that's fine. That's fine. You might still be allowed to talk basketball since uh, you're willing to admit. Since you know, the guy. You got got the finals here. wrong that's for six later. years yeah. in a row. Yeah. What are you talking that's about? That's right. I yeah. did. That's right. I did a few years ago. But unlike you, I'm willing to admit it and not dance around it like I'm moonwalking. Okay, that is what it is. Even though injuries played a role in that, that's the end That's okay. That's okay. I don't right. have excuses except for this. Unlike you, I got three decades of a resume so let's be clear now here's the deal of winning of being right and winning now let's get to the milwaukee
1: bucks Uh oh it's getting ugly i've got three decades of nba experience unlike you just uh, just awesome uh then he laid into the bucks mvp
4: 6 feet 11 it's not like Kevin Durant towers over everybody like he towers over everybody else that tries to defend him Giannis is 6'11 Giannis is mobile Giannis is 240 why can't you guard him you know why because KD is the best in the world that's why you can't stop this brother he is unguardable there is nothing that they can do which is why I've repeatedly told you he is the most important component he is the X Factor give me Harden with Kyrie give me Kyrie with Harden I don't give a damn.
1: Wow. All right. This is quite the argument across all the uh, talking head TV shows. Who's more important to the Nets, Harden or Durant? I still think it's Harden. Uh, Durant is awesome, but I think Harden makes him into a freaking super unbeatable team and you can fire back at me. One twenty-five, eighty-six. What do you mean? How much better could they be? Uh, then Stephen A. As I mentioned to Howard Beck a couple of minutes ago, this is when Stephen A. Freaking laid into Giannis because Giannis simply approached the post game like an adult, and he's like, "Listen, the guy's tough to cover. He's going to get his. We have to do a better job." And you know, he's not been Americanized in terms of screaming and yelling, but Stephen A. Wasn't accepting it from Giannis.
4: When you have a basketball player with Giannis's ability sitting there talking about. Well, we can't do anything with them. I mean, we just got to figure it out as a group. We got to be more physical. No, you. It comes down to you. When you have those abilities, you're supposed to stand up, man up, and go like this. I ain't going out like that. He dropping 30. I'm dropping 40. And if I can't stop him, damn it, he ain't going to be able to stop me. The Milwaukee Bucks laid down like raggedy dogs. Chris Middleton should be ashamed of himself. Drew holiday should be ashamed of themselves. Down 49 points. It's a national embarrassment. They should be ashamed of their damn self.
1: <laughs> like I said, not everyone is from Brooklyn or Queens or wherever in the New Jersey New York area, all right? Not at, Giannis is not going to be screamer yeller guy after the game, but that was good stuff from steven a who like i said was apparently very peeved at max going into the whole discussion dropping the uh i've got 30 years of experience he didn't drop he actually has in the past like you want to be here like i'll decide if you're here like okay and now you're gonna fire me
0: stick your hand in there dave i uh, hear
1: the lines as uh reported by dave shane for the game coming up tonight a uh, warm-up started uh, what about uh Half an hour ago, this is what it looks like. Janmark is back. Reeves, scratch. No Ryan Reeves tonight. So uh, going through the lines, Patcharetti, Stevenson, Stone, uh, Marcioso, Carlson, and Smith. Of course, the Mitzfits line. Uh, third line will be Janmark, Wah, and Tuck. That's kind of a good third line. And then you got uh, Carrier, Brown, and Colasar, and then uh, familiar faces with the defense. And, of course, Mark andre Fleury in net. Thanks to our friends here at Nova Home Loans, make sure you give them a call, especially if you're active duty or a veteran, military. Last month was Military Appreciation Month. Uh, John from Nova Home Loans told us, "You know what? That lender's fee uh, that almost every place charges up, you know, upwards of $1,300. It's Military Appreciation 2021. They're not charging actually ever again." It's always going to be military appreciation, not a month, forever, eternity. So, in addition to getting great assistance and awesome information on the mortgage tune-ups, call Nova Home Loans, 877-700-NOVA. And if you're active duty or veteran military, you are good to go. All the coverage for VGK Hockey Tonight is over on our sister station, flipping on over Fox Sports Las Vegas.